The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Avian flu looks to be having a significant impact on poultry farmers around the country as Irish farmers are now required to keep their flock indoors. It comes in response to a case of avian flu being detected in County Cavan to discuss the potential impacts on those involved in the area. We're joined by Frank Brady from the IFA who serves as Ulster and North Leinster Regional Chairman. Frank, how big an impact is this going to be on your members? At the minute, it's not a big impact because the, there's no cases in um, on any of my members' farms and the government have been handling it very well and telling us that we have to lock up our boards and if they're locked up and with high security and biosecurity at its best, there should be no real major problems in the commercial herds. And what about the rearing of those commercial herds? Would it be normal for them to spend that much time indoors at this time of the year? It, depending on what you have. If it's free-range turkeys, yes, unfortunately, that is going to be uh, an issue. If it's free-range eggs, it's going to be an issue for the next couple of weeks. But the alternatives are nothing there. So if we let them out, they might come in contact with a wild bird. That's avian flu comes in then. I don't want to catastrophize, but I, I cast my mind back to foot and mouth and there was a similar reaction at the outset of that where it was seen to be one or two cases and that it would be controllable. And then, at least for the people of North Louth, it was discovered to be not controllable. Have you similar fears about how this might progress? No, because avian flu, unfortunately, has been around for the last two or three years and we've had these major alerts for the last two or three years. And to be fair, once again, the department has handled this very well by allow, telling them to lock in your animals. And that includes everybody with small flocks, you know, these people with five or six ends as well. They should lock in their boards for now, just keep them safe. And what do you think, if anything, might be the impact on supply as we come towards Christmas? Because this, of course, particularly for um, poultry farmers specialising in Turkey, this is the big, busiest part of the year. No, this is the, the main part of the year for any turkey farmer uh, looking forward to Christmas. Not the turkeys now. But um, if nothing happens, which we expect nothing will happen, it won't affect the market in any shape or form. The only thing that might drive the, uh, the market the way it is is that farmers can't afford to produce the turkey with the price of feed. And just a, a, a stupid question, Frank. If, from the farmer's perspective, if the birds contract avian flu, is it that they are legally prevented from entering the human food chain or that they don't survive it? They don't survive it. Uh, there's no issue at all with avian flu and the human food chain. Absolutely no issue at all. There's no connection, there's no over and back. But there is a connection that if it gets into a flock, it does serious sickness and serious mortality. It can be that devastating to the flock, can it? Yeah, you look at it yourself, you're the, all along the west coast and the east coast, I should say, there's so many dead birds down there, that wild birds that have even stopped now not being able to pick them up because there's that many of them. So it is lethal when it gets into a flock. Frank, thank you very much for coming on this evening. That's Frank Brady from the IFA. He's the Ulster and North Leinster Regional Chairman. And he was speaking there about the impact of, among uh, wild birds. And of course, that's the other issue. So we're joined by Niall Hatch of Birdwatch uh, Ireland. In terms of the wild bird population, Niall, how significant is avian flu at the moment? Unfortunately, it's extremely significant. It's had a, a very serious impact on, on many different species of wild birds. We've been seeing that develop, particularly over the last few months. There was a bad outbreak last winter, particularly County Sligo, where um, a bird called the Barnacle Goose, a large flock of those winters there each, each winter, they come from Greenland, and they were very badly hit. But what we saw over the course of the last few months throughout Europe, and particularly in, in Britain, a lot of seabird colonies very badly affected um, with, with, with mass die-offs of birds. And as you heard there, it's, it's very infected. 
Oh, did we lose you, Niall? Are you still there? I'm still here. Can you Sorry, hear me? no, you just broke up there for a second. Where you oh, describe sorry, it as being that infectious. If it is so infectious, how does it manage to uh, be as contagious? Because usually things that cause uh, fairly high degrees of mortality don't spread that quickly because they kill the victim before they can spread it on. That's very true. And, and that's the main reason we think we've been seeing the outbreaks in species that tend to gather together in large flocks so that the, species, the, 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 the infection can spread very rapidly. So what happened, for example, we saw a species called a gannet very much affected. They nest in very large colonies of hundreds or even thousands of birds, which obviously gives plenty of opportunity for the virus to pass very quickly between the individuals there. And our fears are particularly that the large numbers of, of wintering waterfowl, so ducks, swans and geese, and also the numbers of wading birds that are coming into Ireland as we speak to spend the winter, they gather in similarly large concentrations of key wetland sites and they could be devastated by this infection as well. And how does it make the leap from wild flocks to domestic or to um, farm flocks? Because I would have thought there was relatively small interaction between a gannet and a turkey. Um, usually, yes, and gannets normally would, would be I mainly along the coast. It's very rare for them to go inland. We have seen, however, that um, one of the birds have become disorientated and have flown a degree inland. But what happens, of course, is when these birds have been left, uh, on the, the carcasses have been left on the beaches and not collected, um, which was a, a big oversight, in, in my opinion, and um, what happens is then other creatures will scavenge on them, such as uh, you know crows, dogs, foxes, rats. We've had cases of otters being infected because this doesn't just affect birds. It can spread to mammals and indeed can potentially... Uh, Spread, spread to humans. The risks are low, but that's the reason why people are being asked not to approach or to touch dead or sick birds at the moment, particularly seabirds on beaches, because because of that that risk of, of a spread the spread to humans. So it is low, not to alarm people, but but it's it's only a risk nonetheless. And as I understand it, a number of local authorities have put out warnings about exactly that in parks. I know a number of parks in Dublin have warnings telling people walking dogs to make sure that they keep away from any uh, bird carcasses that they might see. Yes, uh, that, that's correct. I mean, we would echo that, certainly. But also, we would like to see more of a, a joined-up approach across the country and more clear responsibility for, for who, who, whose duty it is to remove these carcasses and what's happening. Because the Department of Agriculture, during, during the, the course of the, the start of the outbreak, they were uh, recording the, the, the number of, of reports of, of dead and dying and sick birds. But nothing was actually being done to clear those carcasses. They're just being left where they were. And then people were expecting the department to move. And they said, it's not their job. It's a job for local authorities. Some local authorities did pick up the mantle and have been trying their best. Other local authorities haven't done much at all. So it's kind of a very piecemeal approach. And we're not quite sure what the role of the National Parks and Wildlife Service is in this in terms of safeguarding our wild bird populations, because it is a very serious threat. Ireland is home to internationally important numbers of many different species of wetland and seabirds. And this could absolutely devastate them and, and set conservation back generations. It could be terrible. And what, if anything, can be done to prevent that? Because Frank was describing, you know, at least if you are a poultry farmer, you have the capacity to put them indoors, close the door and protect them. For the wild bird population, it strikes me as a very difficult thing to intervene to prevent contagion. It is absolutely because wild birds can't be controlled in the same way that domestic birds can. I think one of the most important things is we need to look at the, the origins of these strains of bird flu. It's not a natural occurrence. It's something that seems to arise in um, large poultry farms in Asia. I, I hasten to add, nothing to do with Europe or with, with Ireland. There's no, no um, problems there at all. But it does seem to arise in, in very large duck and goose farms and in China particularly. Then what happens is because of poor biosecurity, some of those birds will mingle with wild birds that migrate back up to Siberia. And from there, it spreads um, across into Europe gradually. Um, so when new strains arise, they can take off pretty quickly. Uh, and also, there does seem to be some trade aspect of it, as some of the, the poultry products are moved from, uh, from by road and rail from Asia through into Europe. It does seem to spread that way as well. So addressing that, first of all, is very important. 
And I think, you know, around the world, we've become very aware of the risks that are posed by, by poor agricultural practices in other parts of the world that cause the spread of these diseases. Another thing we can do here is we can monitor the spread of the disease, at least, and try to prevent disturbance to the wild birds as much as possible so that they're not moving between sites. So that there's less chance for that infection to spread from, from a site, you know, where the birds are infected to an area where they, have, where they haven't got the disease yet. And if there's lots of disturbance, people letting dogs chase birds, for example, and that, uh, that can, can certainly affect the birds and cause them to move in ways that's not necessary. So that's one, one of the limiting factors, at least, that we could, we could try to implement. And is the, the inference to be drawn in what you're describing in terms of the uh, farming practices uh, in Asia, is it that the, the level of intensity and the scale of the bird populations that are housed together have a greater tendency to hothouse disease than might be the case in Europe or America? Yes, very much so indeed. And also the, some of the hygiene practices aren't, aren't up to standard or up to scratch in, in, in some of those areas. I hasten to add that's not the case here in Ireland, but it is in, in some other parts of the world, unfortunately. And biosecurity is very poor. So where wild birds and domestic birds can mingle and where groundwater is contaminated by the droppings from those domestic birds, that's how it spreads into the wild population. So we need to do a lot more to tighten up that in other parts of the world. As we're seeing with other disease pandemics, we're all very mindful of this at the moment and this is how they start. On that thing of the the droppings, birds, of course, not the best when it comes to continents. Is there an implication for that, again, for people like pet owners, dog walkers, all of the rest of it? Should you be staying out of areas where there are significant bird flocks, regardless of whether or not there's carcasses? And certainly people should avoid disturbance to those birds. I think that the risk of actually walking through an area where birds are is very, very low. But I would avo- avoid the carcasses themselves. And heartbreaking though it is, I would avoid trying to help any, any distressed birds or wild seabirds that seem to be sick or injured because although the risk is low, it is still present and it's something that we need to avoid, unfortunately. And of those that you are seeing among the wild bird population that are, are being hit by the avian flu, about which species do you have the most concern? Well, at the moment, Arganopod very, very badly. Um, but we are very concerned about species of, of wintering geese coming to Ireland. Birds like Greenland white-fronted geese, barnacle geese, brent geese. Uh, Ireland's home in the winter to very significant portions of the world populations of those species and they could be badly hit. And if, if the disease persists into, into the summer when our breeding seabirds come back, some of our breeding seabirds could be wiped out too. We would be particularly concerned about a bird called roseate tern. Um, Ireland holds 80% of the European breeding population of that species. Uh, mainly on Dublin's Rockabill Island, and if the disease got affected that, it could be absolutely catastrophic. They come in from South Africa, is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, they go to, 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 to sort of Western South Africa, that's right. So that, that's where they are at the moment, or at least en route to there. So they're safe from the infection at the moment, as far as we know, but they will, re- will be returning in, in around May time. Niall, thank you. That is Niall Hatch of Birdwatch Ireland.